Welcome back to the G3 Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Bice, and today we're going to be talking about the subject of church membership and church attendance. Is it wrong to expect fellow Christians, fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, in a covenant community of faith known as the local church, to actually attend the church service and to gather with the brothers and sisters in the Lord? Is that a form of legalism to ask people to attend church? And so we're going to be uh, unpacking that very subject today on this episode of the G3 podcast. But before we dive in, we want to talk about some of the upcoming events and some of the upcoming plans of G3 Ministries. First of all, you need to be aware of the fact that uh, the G3 National Conference, the 2021 National Conference, will take place September 30th through October the 2nd. So that's coming up in just a couple of months. And so you can find out more information as well as registration and lodging information at our website at g3men.org. I also want to make a a mention about the fact that we're going to be having a couple of different preliminary events happening, a couple of pre-conference opportunities that will be taking place uh, the day prior to the first day of the G3 National Conference. This is something that we do each year, and it's something that's a a bit of an additive, a bonus, if you will, for those who are going to be in attendance at the conference. This year, we have a couple of different pre-conferences that are slated there. You can find out uh, information about that and registration opportunities there on our website as well. We're also preparing to announce a new pre-conference opportunity specifically designed for women, and that's going to be announced very soon as well. So you'll want to make sure you're following us on social media so that you can hear those updates as we release them over the next week or so. We also want to make mention of the fact that uh, this coming Monday on August the 2nd, we're going to be releasing the G3 Church Network application. So you can look for that to be announced on social media as well. And you can read through the application. And if you're interested in joining with us in our new G3 Church Network, then you can fill out that application and we'll be in touch to talk about the next steps that are involved in getting connected with our upcoming network. And so as we begin this conversation today, we need to be thinking about church membership from a couple of different levels. First of all, the biblical level and the foundational level of just what it means to be a member of a local church. And then, of course, we need to be thinking about this from another level, and that's this this level of the pandemic, the COVID-19. Now we're hearing about the Delta variant. And there's an awful lot of talk about, well, should churches be preparing to go back to virtual church? Well, let's just be clear about something. There is no such thing as virtual church to begin with. And so when we think about the idea of using technology in the life of the church, that is not something that is uh, a replacement for the gathering and the regular gathering of the local church. It should be used as a supplement for those who are sick, those who are traveling, those who are on vacation, to stay up to speed with what's happening in the life of that local church. But it should never be used as a means of a replacement. And so as we're thinking about what it means to be a church member and then the ongoing uh, politics of the pandemic and the mask mandates, and and now you're hearing 
uh, certain uh, progressive politicians who are arguing for a shutdown that might come in the days to come. We need to be thinking critically as we continue to navigate the politics of a pandemic about what it means to be a church member. And so we need to not neglect the gathering and the meeting of the local church. When we think about the very definition itself of a church, ecclesia, the idea of ek and then kaleo, to be called out from the world, this idea of a called out assembly is very important because we can't function as a church is called to function apart from the gathering of the body. And so we need to take to heart what is written in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. It says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, when we, when we join a local church, let's just talk about the foundation of church membership. When we join a local church and the church is gathering for the very purpose of worship, then we need to make it a priority to be there. It is not an optional thing. And so you have certain people that come into a church or they have been longtime members of a church and they think, well, all they really need to do is come to that Sunday morning gathering. They don't really need small groups. They don't really need Sunday school. And they don't really need Sunday evening. And Wednesday evening, they're too busy and they're tired from their their work week. So they don't really need to make that a priority either. So we need to think critically about that sort of mentality. To isolate yourself from the local church is a dangerous thing. And it's dangerous on several levels. Uh, And we'll talk about that. But I want us to talk, first of all, about the responsibility of gathering together to stir up one another, okay? Now, this specific Greek term that's used here in in Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 24, uh, and let us consider how to stir up one another, all right? It it carries this, this positive and negative emphasis, So in the positive, it really means to rouse to activity. It's this idea of stirring up or provoking. But in the negative, it means to a state of irritation uh, expressed in argument or sharp disagreement. So in this specific context, it's obvious that it's, it's a positive usage of this word. So the idea is that we are to be stirred up for the very purpose of using our gifts within the life of the church. We are to be stirred up to love, first of all, to love God, and then to love one another, but we're also to be stirred up to good works, to exercise the giftedness that God has granted us as individuals and as members of the body of Christ in this local assembly. And so when the writer to the Hebrews here uses this word, uh, it's used with with a specific intention, and that's this idea of of making sure that we are actively engaged, actively engaged as church members for the purpose of using what God has given us, whether it be the gift of teaching, the gift of administration, whatever the gift might be that God has given you, you you use that gift not outside of the church, but primarily inside of the church 
for the glory of God and for the upbuilding of that local congregation. And so this is the idea of provoking. This is the idea of stirring one another up, challenging one another, if you will, to engage in the work of being a church member. Now, we need to think about leadership responsibilities. So pastors study all week for what purpose? Well, they don't just stand up there in the pulpit to be gospel or biblical commentators, just rattling off commentary, and you come and sit and listen and get what you want if you you know, have a free schedule and you can make yourself available to come and listen to them. That's not, that's not the way that we should approach the pastor who is standing up in preaching the Word of God. So you don't approach the pulpit the way that you approach a news outlet. If, if you're free and you can sit down and turn them on and listen to what they're saying, that's great. But when it's time to, to get about you know, life and do whatever you want to do, you just turn them off. That's not the way that you should approach your pastor. And so pastors are shepherds and they're leaders who are called by God to invest in the lives of the people of the local church. And when they have been studying all week and they're planning to stand in the pulpit and and preach in the context of of a worship service to care for the sheep and to feed the sheep as they're called to do by God, then you need to actually give attention and put priority upon that gathering. So it's the duty of the pastor to preach the word, but it's also the duty of the member to receive the word. They're to be built up in the faith, convicted of sin, equipped for the work of ministry. In fact, that's what Ephesians 4 teaches, is that the pastor, teacher, is given to the local church so that he can equip the saints for the work of ministry. So we don't see anywhere in the Bible, we don't see the idea uh, put forth in the Word of God that church members just need to be casual about their church attendance. And, And so, you know, what about the pastor's sermon on Sunday evening? Is that somehow optional? Now let me talk a little bit about our local church context here. The church that I serve we have a plurality of elders, and we want to be encouraging the gifts of our elders and the preaching gifts of our elders on an ongoing basis. So I will organize a series on Sunday evening, and I will lead our, our elders to uh, sometimes I will select a number of them to be on a rotation with me to preach through a specific series or to preach through a specific book of the Bible. So that means I'm not actually preaching every single Sunday evening. But when I'm not preaching, I can tell you what I'm not doing. I'm not sitting at home. I'm actually attending church. I'm sitting there in the pew. I'm sitting there with my family. I'm engaged in the worship service. And I'm sitting there under the preaching of the Word of God so that my soul can be fed through the truth of God's Word. And you see, the idea that all I need is Sunday morning is, is, is simply uh, antithetical to what the Word of God actually teaches. It, it rubs against the grain of the biblical text. The Bible teaches that we need to be putting a priority upon the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God. So if, if our local church is assembling on Sunday evenings, 
unless I'm out of town preaching someplace else, or unless I'm uh, on vacation or sick, then I'm I'm sitting there in the pews of our local church. Now, we need to also be thinking about that in the context of other local churches. If your church meets on Sunday evening, then you need to put a priority upon attending. If at all possible, you need to put priority upon attending unless providentially hindered or prevented. Now, think about what this does in the life of your children. If your children grow up in the context of a church life where they see their parents only attending on Sunday morning and not putting priority upon the whole of the Lord's day, then that's problematic. You're going to teach your children that church is optional. You're going to teach your children to be uh, half-hearted church members, if you will. And that's a dangerous thing to do and to instill in the lives of your children, because then they're going to pass that same thing on to your grandchildren. And within a couple of generations, then you're likely going to have atheists who are, uh, rather than walking in the footsteps of righteousness and following Christ, they're going to be following the course of the world. And so you don't want that. And so we have an obligation to follow what God has called us to do as far as church membership. Now let's talk a little bit about isolation. You see, one of the greatest goals of the enemy is to isolate us from the local church. Now this is why this is important just as a foundational principle when it comes to church membership. But it's also very important as we consider the politics of the pandemic. You see, the the enemy knows how to destroy business and how to destroy a nation and so we can see that happening in 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 many different uh, spheres politically speaking we can see that there are people who are posturing themselves and using their influence politically speaking to destroy the United States of America now again the United States of America is not is not the kingdom of god uh, but the United States of America is the leader of the free world, the most powerful nation on planet Earth, and we have a grand opportunity, if you will, as the church in America to preach the gospel. So why would the enemy not be interested in restricting and taking away the freedoms that we've enjoyed for so long? So if you just use simple logic, you can see how the enemy can use progressive politics to weaken a nation so that the church can be restricted from doing what the church is called to do. But not only the the enemy's attack on the nation, but the enemy's attack on the church. When fear cripples people, then they stop attending church. They stop going out into public. They stop gathering for various reasons, and they stop gathering as family units. But when a, when a church ceases to gather and isolates itself, it opens itself up for massive attack of the sins of the flesh and the sins of this world. And so isolation is the plan of the wicked enemy of God. You know, it, it is it is so clear in the Bible when we see a text like Hebrews chapter 10 when it talks about not neglecting to meet together. We need to understand that isolation is the plan of the enemy of God to keep us splintered and to keep us isolated 
opens us up for the attack of temptation of sin, but it also opens us up for the fear, the fear, to be crippled by fear and to doubt the sovereignty of God. This is a massive problem. And so just by the the, the actual definition of what it means to be a local church, when you think about isolating a church from one another, people from one another, the church actually can't be a church if you're isolated. So as we think about as we think about this verse or these two verses, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, we're called not only to provoke one another, to stir up one another, to love and good works, but we are also called in, in verse 25 to encourage one another. And how is this possible when you aren't together? How is this possible when you don't gather for prayer meetings on Wednesday evening? How is this possible? Uh, you know, if you have someone in the life of your local church who's struggling, struggling with, with massive uh, temptation or struggling with massive burden of normative life, and they gather in the midweek prayer service, but yet the people aren't there to pray. So how can you carry one another's burdens? How can you actually do what you're called to do as a local church if you're not gathering together? How can you engage in the ordinary means of grace if you're not gathering? And so all of this is extremely important, but when we put a f- a, our focus, if you will, on the idea of encouraging one another, we need to remember that technology has limitations. You can't really engage in the type of encouragement that we're called to as individual Christians through pixels on a screen. It's just not possible. We need more and we crave more, so that's not really possible. And so God has designed the church to assemble, and part of that assembly is to encourage one another. And so when we think about the harshness and the challenges of this life, and as we journey onward in the faith, longing for the return of Christ, and as the days grow more dark and more difficult, this actually talks about this in this very text. It talks about as the day draws near. If you read the end of of verse number 25, we need to be encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And that's, of course, talking about the day of the Lord, the return of Christ. And so as the days grow more dark and as the day of Christ becomes more near to us, it would not serve us well to be more and more isolated. It would actually serve us better to do more and more gathering rather than less. And so as we think about what it means to be a church member and as we consider what it means to gather as a local church, and to navigate the politics of the pandemic, we need to resist this idea of not assembling, shutting down, closing the doors, and isolating ourselves. We need to take to heart what God's Word actually says. So now ask yourselves some honest questions. When you joined your church, did you know that your church had a Wednesday evening prayer meeting? Did you know that your church had a Sunday evening gathering? And so if you've entered into the covenant of that church, then why would you isolate yourself from the typical gatherings of that church? And then if, if you have uh, other gathering opportunities and assembly opportunities in small groups, 
Why would you intentionally isolate yourself from gathering together with other brothers or sisters uh, in a specific small group where you can pray together and, and encourage one another and build one another up in the faith? You know, iron sharpens iron. The Bible teaches this. So why would we isolate ourselves from the life of the church? I can remember being out in Africa and and seeing the plains of Africa and and looking at uh, these these massive beasts, cats and and other uh, wild animals out there in in the African safari. And yet, if you if you look at how they hunt, they don't hunt a pack of animals and look for the strongest and and the most uh, dominant of that pack of animals. If a lion is hunting down, you know, uh, a specific herd of buffalo, then the lion is not going to look for the strongest within that herd. The, the lion's actually going to hunt down the weakest, uh, the most frail, the easiest to, to capture, the easiest to kill. And so as that lion starts to, to hone in on its target, it's looking for the one that's most isolated or that's, that's lagging back from the herd. And so we need to be thinking about what it looks like for us in the life of the local church. Are we orienting our lives around the life of the local church? Are we keeping our family at the heart and our children at the heart of the local church? And so we need to be making decisions that will enable us to do that for the glory of God. Now, ask yourselves some honest questions. Do you consistently miss church based on work commitment? And if so, is that by necessity or is that by choice? Are you missing church on an ongoing basis because you're just interested in making more money? And so you've intentionally placed yourself in a location, in a specific opportunity that prevents you from gathering with the life of the local church. So you need to ask yourself that question. You need to deal with that. And then, of course, you need to, to be thinking critically about what it means to, to engage in real, genuine Christian koinonia. Are your friendships, are the closest people in your life, those people who are around athletic spheres or business spheres or other spheres that are outside of the local church, or are your closest friends within the life of your local church? You need to critically evaluate that question. Because you see, you need to make sure that you are building genuine community and real genuine Christian koinonia in the life of your local church. And so you need to be uh, gathering and, and engaging in hospitality, having people in your home, you going to other people's homes, taking time to fellowship outside the walls and outside of the campus of your local church. Furthermore, you need to be asking yourself this question. If a church shuts down and does not meet, how can that church actually engage in the ordinary means of grace? How can that church actually engage in baptism, the Lord's table, and genuine preaching and the oversight of the local church? That's critically important. It's critically important. And so you can't really do this virtually. So all of these things that we're thinking about and talking about in this episode of the podcast is critically important to your walk on a day-by-day, week-by-week basis 
as you journey on in the faith. In other words, you need the local church. So this idea of skipping the church services and putting priority on athletic opportunities or business opportunities or whatever it might be, that's actually to your detriment. You need to, you need to rethink and you need to reevaluate and you might need to actually rearrange your life in such a way that you cut away some of the things that are merely distractions from keeping you from, from excelling in the faith. And you might say, well, what about my son or daughter? You know, they, they're pursuing a scholarship at such and such school. And in order, you know, in order to do that, they're going to have to be a part of a travel ball team, or they're going to have to, you know, really commit themselves as far as athletics are concerned, which keeps us away from church on an ongoing basis, then I would say to you, it would be far better for your children to excel in the faith than it would for them to actually excel in their athletic goals. Sure, that that they might miss a scholarship as a result of it, but at the end of the day, their, their faith would be intact. They would not become one of these statistics that upwards of, of 80 to 85 percent of all teenagers who go through the life of the local evangelical church and their youth group end up going off to the university, and by the end of their freshman year, they depart from the faith because they were, were because they were never of the faith. They were never in the faith. So then you have to back up and rewind and ask yourself in that context, was there any family worship that was happening? Was there any real means of discipleship that was going on in the home? Was there a real priority for the assembly of the local church? Or was mom and dad really just checked out, allowing their kids to do what they wanted to do, and just merely checking a box and attending church sporadically? So the church matters. The Puritans called the Lord's Day the market day of the soul. Every other day of the week was the market day for business and for other, you know, personal personal ventures and, and that sort of thing. But the Lord's Day was to be sectioned off and there was to be priority placed on that day because it was the market day of the soul. In other words, we need to be fed. We need to grow in our faith. We need to have the gospel at the heart of our family. And we need to be thinking about the things of God and putting priority upon the ordinary means of grace and and putting priority upon Christian friendships and fellowship and this idea of koinonia, which is, by the way, far more than just a, a slap on the back in the hallway or a, a fist bump at, on the way from you know Sunday school to the worship auditorium on the Lord's Day. And it's certainly far more than just a simple you know wave in the parking lot. No, Christian koinonia has this idea of depth of friendship. So we need to be engaging this way and skipping church and isolating yourself from the, from the local church is certainly not allowing people to do that. Right now, there is an enormous amount of, of people in America who are depressed, and many of them are professing Christians. And what's the cause of it? In many ways, you can draw a straight line back to isolating themselves from the context of the local church. And so non-attendance 
does not honor Christ, it does not honor the church, and it does not help individuals pursue holiness and sanctification for the glory of God. So we need to be honest. This idea of deliberate isolation and deliberate skipping of the gathering and the assembly of the church is sinful. And it will it will decrease friendships, it will decrease holiness, it will have it will have a deflating effect upon the life of the spiritual life of an individual. And so we need to be confronted, honestly confronted with what it means to be a, a genuine, real biblical church member. And so as we think through these issues, I want to just urge everyone listening to this podcast to look at your life and consider what you are doing to make sure that you are orienting your life and the functionality of your life around the local church. And so don't allow other distractions to hinder you from gathering and hinder you from encouraging one another. The one another passages in the Bible are critically important. You can't pray together if you're not gathered together. You can't worship corporately if you're not gathered together. You can't challenge one another if you're not gathered together. You can't hold one another accountable if you're not gathered together. You can't serve together if you're not gathered together. You can't serve one another if you're not gathered together. You can't engage in biblical church discipline if you're not gathered together. And the list goes on and on and on. We need to come together and we need to be committed that as a church member, as a faithful church member, pursuing God faithfully, that we will not allow trivial things to hinder us from the regular gathering and the assembly of the church for the glory of God. So I want to encourage you to think critically about what it means as as you have joined a local church and you're in covenant together with other brothers and sisters in the Lord. Think about these words written to us here in Hebrews chapter 10, and it says in verse 24, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, all the more as you see the day drawing near. So may God bless you. May you become a profitable, participating, engaged church member for the glory of God in the context of your local church. And we hope to see you next time on the G3 podcast. Now, as we part ways today, I want to remind you again of our website. You can find the episodes of this very podcast on our website at g3men.org. You can also find archives of not only the podcast, but also previous conferences and other events that are happening through G3 Ministries. We want to encourage you to stay up to speed with announcements that are coming very soon that are related to the G3 Church Network and also the upcoming G3 National Conference in just a couple of months. May God bless you. Have a wonderful week in the Lord, and we'll see you next time on the G3 Podcast.